Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to Babylon Talmud. Today we're studying Daf Lamed Aleph of Masechta Erevin, Daf Thirty-One. So, what does this Daf talk about? So, movable ohels. Can you have an ohel if it moves? Is it considered an ohel if it moves? Well, stay tuned to find out. What else? Can you put your eruv on a grave? If you're making an eruv trumen, can you put that on a grave? Stay tuned to find that out too. And then lots of uh, different specific items you can or cannot use for an Erev. Now, this is going to be reminiscent of a discussion that we had on Daf Mem Zalayin of Masech um, Brachos at the beginning of the seventh parak, as well as it came up in Masech Shabbos as well. And now it's going to come up in Erevin. It should be familiar. Um, so here we go, friends. And then at the end, we talk about a little bit about like making shliachs to put down your Erev for you. So that's interesting. Friends, let's go weiter. So we're on Daflamud Omid Bay is about uh, seven, eight lines from the bottom. There's a two dots. Rabbi Huda Omer Ap Beisakvaris. So Rabbi Huda says that a Kohen can even um, make an Eruv Tchumen in a cemetery. Now, obviously, the question is, well, how is he going to get there to put it in the cemetery? How is he going to get it out of the cemetery? Like, what, what's the deal? So. Says the Gemara, Interesting. So the Gemara says that the reason why a Kayan can um, put his Eruv Tchumen in a cemetery is because, well, he can always put himself in some kind of a crate or a carriage or a closet, some kind of enclosed box kind of thing, and get into the um, graveyard that way. Okay. Kasavar al because a Buddha holds that an ohel that moves is still considered an ohel. We will flip to Dani Tanai, and it's like the following Machlokas Tanai. The Tanya Nichnas Laret So Avim Bshidat Tevu Migdal. That if somebody goes into the uh, lands of the nations, I guess, I guess anywhere outside of Israel, um, in some kind of a enclosed box that will serve as your ohel. All right. So Rebbe Matame, Rebbe Yosef, Rebbe Yehuda Matire. So Rebbe says that that hack. Um, is a failed attempt. <laughs> According to Rabbi, that won't work. Uh, if you have like something that moves, I guess like a car theoretically could fall into this, although I wonder if there are other issues because it's like metal. I don't know. But um, yeah, Rabbi says, in a, you know, no matter, either way, uh, some kind of movable ohel is not in ohel for Tuma purposes. And Rabbi Yossi Rabbi says that no, it does work and, and therefore you're going to remain tar. So if you want to go outside of Israel, um, use like some kind of airplane or something, I guess. <laughs> okay. And Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yuda, uh, of course, is Rabbi Yehuda's son. So I guess that they're in line on this. But my and what exactly is the machlokas? My savar ol zaruk lav ohel, ol zaruk ohel, that Rabbi holds that a movable ohel is not an ohel, and therefore it's not going to save you from tumas hames, whereas Rabbi Yossi Rabbi holds that a movable ohel is a good ohel and will save you from Tumas Hames. Tani, we learn in a b'raisa. Rabbi Yehuda Omer says Rabbi Yehuda. Now, this talks about not making a, um, it doesn't talk about making an Eruv in a cemetery. It talks about just walking up to like, let's say you have a random grave somewhere, okay? And then you take uh, your, your Eruv food and you put it on the grave, okay? So Rebuta says, Me'arvin l'koin tahor betruma tahora bekever. Interesting. So 
a Kohen who is Tahor can take Truma that is Tahor and he can put it on a grave and that is where he's going to leave his Eruv. Okay, fine. So let's say halfway between, you know, let's say I guess like at the 2000 Amma mark outside of his city, there's like a grave there. It's like a big tombstone. Figures he could take some food. He'll put it on this tombstone and he'll leave it there and that's where his Eruv is going to be. Okay, so how's he getting there? So I mean, in this case, you don't, I mean, in this case, it's just a lone grave, like in the middle of nowhere, I guess. So you wouldn't necessarily really need a, um, to like go in a box or anything. But I think that the point is that meaning, I think that the, the important part is really the next part of the question, which is meaning even if we're going to say that like he can go to a cemetery because he'll go in a shida table umigdal to some kind of box, but there's still going to be the fact of the matter is, but the fact of the matter is, forget about him for a second. When you take this food and you put it on the grave, the food itself is going to become tummy, right? You have the tuma, right? Didn't we? I think this, this Gemara came up somewhere. It must have come up in Masechta Shabbos, I think. That uh, what's it called? That the tuma just kind of goes up to the sky, and therefore, if the food is on top um, of the grave, well, the, it's going to be affected by the tuma sames. So the Gemara answers, So the Gemara gives two options. Either this is food that had never gotten wet, and therefore wasn't Tuma. So therefore, even if you put it on top of the grave, it won't become Tommy. Or the other option is that, it, let's say it's like some kind of uh, dough-based food, um, but instead of using water, it, you used um, fruit juice. Uh, so so Paris would not be Machshir, this stuff, the Kabotuma. I feel like this came, this, this came up in Masech the Shabbos. Okay, fine. So we're like addressing, you know, there's like lots of different, different factors over here. And we keep on addressing one at a time. So how's he going to get there? So, well, in this case, it's just like a lone grave. So it's not really an issue to get there. He could just walk there, really. Um, now, but what about the food? You're going to put it on top of it. It'll become tummy. It's talking about where it's not Moshe the Kabotuma. Okay. Now the next question is now, how is he going to retrieve it? from this um, grave, right? Because if he just kind of sticks his hand over it, well, then he'll be making an ohel on top of the mace and he's going to become an avatuma. So, So when he retrieves the item, he's going to use some kind of um, like stick, some kind of piece of wood that doesn't have a receptacle and therefore it's not makabotuma. So, there you go. But mahil. So, but still, even when you take this piece of wood and you put it over the grave, well, it's going to create, the wood itself is going to be creating an ohel. It's going to be like a roof over this grave. And by, by you holding this wood, which is an ohel, you are going to become tamit. Um, so the Gemara answers, um, that he um, is holding it on like the thin part, which meaning the part that is over the grave is the thin part that is less than a tefach, and therefore it doesn't actually create an ohel. Okay, fine, very good. So it's basically this grave, it's not in a graveyard, so the coin can kind of walk up to it. We're talking about food that um, is not Moshe Lekabotuma. When he retrieves it, he's gonna use a wooden kli that is less than a tefach, so it's not gonna create an ohel, and it's also not itself going to become tummy because it's shute clades. And like this, you can um, have your very, very fancy 
um, albeit risky, Erev uh, with your Kohen and Truma and Kevers. Okay, very nice. Well, I hope it was worth it. But if that's the case, then what's the rabbi's problem with it, right? Meaning, this seems to be Rabbi Yehuda's opinion. Rabbi Yehuda says that this situation would work. Apparently, the rabbis argue and say that you would not be able to do this. Why? What's the problem? We just basically answered every any question you could possibly throw at us. So the Gemara answers, Kasavi Osuliknos Bais Bisuria No. Gemara answers, well, the thing is that um, this grave is Osurba No. This kever, this grave is Osurba No. You can't get um, uh, benefit from this kever. And the thing is, when you're going to basically make your Erev over here, so now you're going to be able to uh, like travel and stuff on Shabbos. And that's going to be, or at least a little further, and that's going to be ana, a benefit, and you're basically using this grave to get benefit. Okay. So Rabbi Yehuda Mutter. But does that imply that Rabbi Yehuda says that you would be allowed to get benefit from this grave? Doesn't he also say that it's Asr Ba'ana? So the Gemara answers, Kasav Mutter mitzvahs lavli honestinu. So the Gemara answers, well, according to Rabbi Yehuda, um, mitzvos lav lehonos nitnu, that mitzvahs were not given in order to get benefit from. And therefore, this Erev, we don't make an, right, the, the, the halacha of an Erev that says that you, you know, you just put down some food and now you can walk an additional 20, uh, 2000 amis. That's not just for you to have fun, for you to go and visit your friends and, uh, have a good time. No, the reason, Erev is if you have a mitzvah, you have to go for whatever, Epis is a Sudas mitzvah in some other city and you need to make an Arab so you can get there. So you can use it in the context of a su- uh, of, of, of a mitzvah. But you're not, you know, you're not like getting Hana'ah per se, personal benefit and pleasure from making this Arab. And for that reason, you would be allowed to use this kever in the context of the Arab because it's not, you're not, it wouldn't be considered like you're getting Hana'ah from it. And therefore, even though a kever is also by Hana'ah, but this isn't considered Hanah because according to Rabbi Yehuda, you'd only be creating this Erev, you'd only be making this Erev in the context of a mitzvah. A mitzvah slav lehanos nitnu. So, Ella, well, I guess mitzvah slav lehanos nitnu would be why you can only use it in the context of a mitzvah and therefore you wouldn't, it wouldn't be considered like you're getting personal benefit for it. El Rava, but one second. Rava said, mitzvah slav lehanos nitnu. Okay, Rava. Right, Rava the Amora made a statement and he said, Mitzvah slav lehanus nidnu, that mitzvahs are not forgetting Hanoah. Now here's the thing, let's actually say that this whole concept of whether or not we say Mitzvah slav lehanus nidnu is actually a machlokas because apparently Rabbi Yehuda is saying, Mitzvah slav lehanus nidnu, Mitzvahs were not given to get Hanoah, uh, and therefore this Erev is really only going to be, um, you know, if, if, if you need to make an Erev in the context of a Mitzvah, but the rabbis who seem to be saying that you can't use a grave because um, you'll end up getting uh, pleasure from it. So apparently, they seem to say that you can get Hanah from mitzvahs. And because you can get Hanah from mitzvahs, that's why you can't use a grave. Because then you'll be getting Hanah from the grave. So it sounds like whether or not we say mitzvahs, is actually So when Rava says that mitzvahs lav lehanos nenu, Apparently, that's actually not agreed by, on by everybody. That's specifically Rabbi Yehuda's opinion, but the rabbis would argue on him. Now, that's not what Rava wants to hear. Rava wants to hear 
that everyone agrees with his opinion. Certainly the rabbis. So, so Leima Kitanoi Amr Lishmaite, right? That Rava, what he says, Mitzvah Sabli Anastin, who's actually Machogs Tanoi. So Amalach Rava. So Rava will respond to you. No, Isvir, he gives like kind of like a uh, kind of shtickle. I don't love his, I would say I don't love the way that his answer is like presented, but, um, in the end, we, the, 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 Answer goes to like, I don't know, a few different like filters until we kind of get to the conclusion anyway. So this isn't really the final conclusion, but it says, Rabbi, Isvirlu de'ein ma'arvin, elu dvar mitzvah, duchliyam mitzvah slavlianos nitnu. Okay. So really, everyone agrees, right? Rabbi is going to argue that everyone, both the Chachamim and Rabbi Yehuda, agree that mitzvos lav lehanos nitnu, right? You don't get hana'a from mitzvos, right? And if we said, you know, and if we were to say, if both the Rabbanan and Rabbi Yehuda were to agree that the only reason you can make a, an Erev would be for a Dvar Mitzvah, right? Well, then you make an Erev just for a Dvar Mitzvah, all business, you're not getting any hana'a from it. Mitzvos lav lehanos nitnu, you don't get any hana'a. But v'hacha b'alka miflige, this is what the machlokas is between Rabbi Yehuda and the Rabbanan, so actually what the machlokas is between uh, Rabbi Yudah and the Rabbanan is not whether or not mitzvos lehanos nitnu or mitzvos lav lehanos nitnu. It's whether or not the Eruv the can only be created in the context of a mitzvah. Okay? According to Rabbi Yudah, you can only create an Eruv for a mitzvah. If you have somewhere to go for a mitzvah. So then you can create an Erev to extend how far you can walk. And therefore, there's no concern that you're going to be getting any personal benefit from this Erev. And therefore, you can use even a grave because you're not going to end up getting personal benefit from the grave. And therefore, uh, there's no issue of getting Hanah from the Kever, which is also Bano. According to the rabbis, however, you're allowed to make an Erev for whatever reason that you want. You want to go visit your friends in the next city over. So you make an Erev and now you can get there. So, so therefore... Um, you know, there, there you, you could very well end up getting hana from, you might end up getting hana from this mitzvah, even though the point of the mitzvah isn't to get hana, but you might end up getting hana from it because you're going to your friend's house. And therefore, um, don't use the kever because then you might, you know, you'll, you can end up getting hana from having used this kever, which is also by hana. Fine. But let's keep on going. The, 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 this isn't the final answer. Ella, hada'amu Rav Yosef, but then Rav Yosef says, Ein ma'arvin el dvar mitzvah. Well, now, Rav Yosef says that you're only allowed to make an Erev for a mitzvah. Kind of like what we're saying according to Rabbi Yehuda. You can only make an Erev for a mitzvah. You can't make an Erev for your own, le- an Erev for your own leisure. But Lema Kitanai. Well, now let's say that Rav Yosef's statement is actually Machlokas Tanai. And his assertion that you can only make an Erev for a mitzvah is actually just the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda. But the rabbis would disagree. So Amr, right? So Lema Kitanai Amr Lishmaite. So Amalek Rav Yosef, so Rav Yosef would respond to you, that both the rabbis and Rabbi Yudah hold that you can only make an Erev for in the context of a mitzvah, if you have to go to some other city for a mitzvah. And everyone agrees that you don't get Hanah from mitzvahs. Therefore, and this is the important part, I think that the flow up until here was like a little bit confusing about like what exactly do they say, why do they say it, but I think here's the important part, that both according to Rabbi Yudah and according to the Rabbana, you only make a, an Erev in the context of a mitzvah. An Erev Tchumen, you would only make in the context of a mitzvah if you need to get to some other city for some mitzvah. And mitzvahs lavli hanos nitnu, you don't, right, it's, it's not about getting hana'a from mitzvahs. Okay, now if that's the case, then why do the rabbis say that you're not allowed to use this grave for your Erev? What's the problem? We explained how, you know, nothing's going to come tummy or anything like that. 
you're not getting Hana from this grave, so what could be the problem? This is the Machlokas. My sovereign Kevin Dukanale Eruv Lo Nichale Dimintera, my sovereign Nichale Dimintera, the Yitzterich Achile. So now here's the thing. According to Rabbi Huda, he says, look, somebody's making an Eruv, he's making an Eruv to be Yotzezan for the Eruv, you know, and therefore once Shabbos starts, and halachically it's Ki'ilu, he's making Shabbos wherever his Eruv is, he doesn't care about it anymore. You know, when he walks to the next city the next day, it makes no difference to him if some animal already came and ate the, uh, and ate the Eruv. And therefore, the fact that the Eruv is on this grave, and the grave is sort of protecting and guarding this um, Eruv, it's just, um, I don't know, circumstantial? Is that the word? It's a technicality. It doesn't bother him either way. And therefore, you know, he doesn't have any intention to get benefit from this grave in terms of protecting this uh, food that he's putting there. However, according to the rabbis, look, the person's leaving food there, and he intends that when he passes by the next day, he'll have some food that he'll be able to eat if he wants to. And therefore, the, you know, he's kind of relying, right, right, the, 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 the grave is playing a role here in this story, which is that the grave is actually protecting the food that he's putting there. And therefore, he's getting benefit from the grave. And therefore, mitzvah sablanos nitnu, uh, and you can't get benefit from, no, I'm sorry, and grave is also ba'ana, therefore, you cannot get benefit from, um, this grave, and therefore, they say that you cannot use the grave for this Arab. Okay, so that seems to be the machlokas between, Rabbi Huda and the Rabbanan, you know, really they agree in principle both that mitzvah slav leonos nitnu as well as um, you can only make an error for a mitzvah. The question is, what's his, you know, um, um, intention when he puts that food there? Uh, is it that he wants the grave to guard it? In which case, uh, we have to be concerned about getting benefit from the grave or he doesn't care, in which case it's not really a concern. New Mishnah. And this, I think, is going to be super familiar. We should all be familiar. This is like the third time that this Gemara is coming up. In the last, um, was it nine months already that we've been learning, um, Gemara together? So, Ma'arvin b'demai, uvmai sirishon shinit So, you can make an Eruv with demai. Who can tell me what demai is? Very good. Demai is stuff that you bought from an Am Ha'aretz, and you don't know if he separated Meiser from it. So, let's say you buy a loaf of bread and you want to use that for your Eruv, but it is demai. And that would be okay. Uvmai sirishon shinit l'trumaso. And Meiser Rishon, that Trumas Meiser was taken from it. Or if you have Meiser Shani and Hekdesh, that you um, uh, transfer their value onto money. Kohanim can use Chala, they can use Truma. You can't use Tevel, untithed stuff. And not Meiser Rishon, that Truma wasn't taken from it, Trumas Meiser. Viloba Meiser Shani Vaktish Shaloniftu and not Meiser Shani and Hektish that were not transferred to money. Says the Gemara, Demai, Halo Chazile. Same question we always ask. How can you use Demai? You can't eat Demai. Migo the E Bai Mafka Lu Lin Chase Bahave Ani Vichazule. Hashtanami Chazile. So the Gemara says, well, theoretically, theoretically, you can just take this Demai and no, I'm sorry, you can make all of his um all you can make all of his possessions Hefker. Then he'll be an Ani. And if he's an Ani, then he'd be allowed to eat Demai. That you can feed poor people Demai. You can feed Achsanya, um, which were like these uh, soldiers that would come to town and, and you had to, um, and you had to uh, feed them. And Rashi says something interesting, which is, that because these soldiers aren't in their own homes, it's like they're poor people. So therefore, they're allowed to eat Demai. 
Um, and therefore, you can use demai for an Arab, since theoretically you can just make all of your possessions ownerless, make yourself effectively an ani, and then you'll be able to eat it. So therefore, you can use it for an Arab. Amr Ravuna said Ravuna, Tana b'shamei omim ein machilin asaniyim demai, u'beisil omim machilin asaniyim demai. So says Ravuna that we learn in a brisa that base Shammai says that we may not feed poor people demai. Basil says that we may feed poor people demai. Meiser Rishon, that it's Trumas Meiser was taken, right? So meaning what happens, everyone knows this by heart already. You have a field, the first thing you do is take Truma, right? And that goes to the Kohen. Second thing that needs to happen is that Meiser goes to the Levi. Now the Levi goes home and he's got his Meiser that he, that he got from your field. He takes 10% of that and gives it to the Kohen. So we're saying that if you have this Meiser that the Levi has and he's already taken his 10% and giving it, and giving it to the Kohen, you can use that, right? The, the Levi can then use whatever's left as his Erev. It's not Pshita. Obviously he can use that as, it as his Erev. Why wouldn't he be able to? So the answer is, bishibolin. It's talking about where the Levi showed up at the field in which he was going to take, or in which he really ended up taking Meiser from. Now, he got there to the field while the stalks were just still lying on the field. They weren't made into a pile yet. They were just lying on the field. And he got there before the Kohen came to take his Truma. And then the Levi comes with his, you know, sack. He fills up. Meiser into his sack and goes home. Now what he's got is he's got 10% of that fellow's field. And now his 10%, no truma had yet been taken out of it to give to the coin. So the question, and then the levy goes and he takes 10% and he gives that to the coin. The question is, does he also need to account for the portion of that Meiser that he took that was really um, meant to go to the coin because truma is supposed to be taken first? So that is what we're talking about. When the Levi went to the field, went to the stalks, took the Meiser, and then separated Truma's Meiser, but he did not separate uh, the Truma Gedola that the Kohen had not yet collected. So again, it's talking about where the Levi beat the Kohen to the stalks. And the Levi first took his Meiser, and then he took his Trumas Meiser, gave that to the Kohen, but he never gave to the Kohen the 2% of the Meiser that he took, which was um, really relevant for Truma Gedola that belongs to the Kohen. And we're saying that that's okay, you can still use that for your Erev. The Levi could still use that 10% for his Erev. That if a Levi beats the Kohen to the stalks, and he takes Meiser is his Meiser before the coin took Truma and Patumi Truma Gadola, the Levi does not have to give Truma Gadola to the coin, he just gives the Meiser Mina Meiser, the ten percent of the Meiser that he took, he gives that to the coin. Shinemar as the Pasuk says, Vari Mosemimenu Truma Sashem Meiser Mina Meiser, that the Pasuk says by Trumas Meiser, it says that the Levim will give Meiser Mina Meiser to the Kohen, meaning the Levi takes his 10%, his Meiser, and then he takes 10% of that and gives that to the Kohen. Meiser mina Meiser, Amartilach, Velo, Truma, Gedola, Vitrumas, Meiser, mina Meiser. Says the Gemara, I told you, I, I told the Levim to take Meiser, mina Meiser, to take 10% from the Meiser that they took. I did not instruct them to take Truma, Gedola, in addition to the Meiser, mina Meiser. And therefore, if they beat the Kohen to get their Truma, to get their Meiser, meaning the Levim take their Meiser before the Kohen took 
uh, their truma. So then, Zeu, you take Meiser and that's in the story. You don't owe the Kohen um, his truma. Says our Papa Tabai, well, if that's the case, that we have such an elegant limud, right? It says, right, Meiser mina Meiser. It says in the Pasuk that you're only Chayav Meiser mina Meiser, not Truma Gedola and Meiser mina Meiser. Well, if that's the case, well, then we should say the same thing when the Levi beats the coin to it, not when they're just stalks lying in the field, but when they're already piled up into a pile. But the halacha is that once already piled into a pile, if the Levi takes his Meiser before the coin took his Truma, well, then he would still have to separate Truma Gedola from his Meiser and give it to the Kohen. Well, if we have such an elegant drash, which is Meiser and a Meiser, that we only take that and not Truma Gedola, well, then it's, why should it matter if he, if the Levi beat the Kohen to the stalks or to the pile? So Omar Lei, so uh, Abai says to Papa, Alecha Omar Krab, because we have another Pasuk to respond to you, Mikom Tarimu as Hashem, that from all of your Meiser you have to take Truma. And what's that talking about? That is talking about um, when the Levi beats the Kohen when it's already in a pile. In that case, we say, that you still have to take Truma. Umara Isa, and how come you apply, you know, the Sukkim in the places where you re- uh, apply them respectively? Meaning, how come you're assuming that when there are still stocks, then the Levi does not have to give Truma Gedola to the Kohen, yet when they're already in a pile, the Levi does have to give Truma Gedola to the Kohen. So the Gemara answers, Ha'idgan Vailu Idgan. Once it's in a pile, it's called Dagan. When it's not yet in a pile, and it's just stocks, it's not yet called Dagan. And it says in the context of uh, Truma, Reish is Digancho, right? That, that the um, first of your Dagan. And therefore, once it's in a pile and it's a dag- and it's dagan, well then, no matter what, you're gonna, you know, the Kohen's gonna get his truma, even if the Levi beats him to it. But before then, it's not called dagan yet, and if the Levi beats him to it, so he doesn't have to take truma gedola. Viter. With meiser sheni vektish sheniftu, and we said that you're allowed to use meiser sheni and hektish that you already transferred their value onto money. Pshita, this is obvious. If you already transferred their 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 you know kedusha onto money, well then, obviously you can use them. That's the whole point of transferring it onto money. So So what it's teaching us is, uh, it's talking about a situation where he kind of redeemed them. He redeemed them, but only at their face value. He didn't, he didn't include, he didn't add the additional chomesh, which is 25%. Um, so, so, meaning it's a fifth, but it's actually 25%, at least the way that we kind of refer to percentages. Um, so he didn't give the chomesh. And nonetheless, he could still use it for his Arab because the Chomish is not Ma'akev. Have a little bit tevel. You cannot use tevel. Pshita, obviously you cannot use tevel. It's untithed. You're high of what? What do you high of? Like, I think you have like Karis or something for each tevel. So, lo tzricha b'tevel tovu midr abanon. It's talking about midr abanon tevel. For example, if you had planted um, this stuff in a pot that didn't have any holes in it, and therefore it's completely separate from the ground. So, I guess Midir Abbanan, it would be considered Tevel. And, uh, you use that. So, we're, and with the Chedeshes, you still shouldn't use it. And if you have Maiserishon, uh, that there was no Maiser, well, the assumption is that it means that Maiser and Maiser was not taken from it. Meaning, if you have Maiserishon, like the Levi took his Maiser, and he didn't separate the 10% and give that to the coin. That's the assumption right now. So if that's the case, Pshita, obviously you can't use that. He needs to separate the 10% and give it, uh, of Truma and give it to the coin. So, meaning the 10%, which is Maiser and Maiser, and give that to the coin. Lo tzuricha shekdimo bechri, v'not lemimenu Truma's Maiser, v'lo not lemimenu Truma Gedola. 
So the Chiddush here, it's talking about where um, this time, you know, instead of the Levi beating the Kohen when it was the stalks lying on the field, the Levi beat the Kohen when it was already in the piles. Um, and at that point, and what did he do? He took the 10%. And he brought it home and he took another 10% and gave that to the coin, but he did not take the truma and give it to the coin. So we're saying that you're not, you know, since he, the, the levy beat the coin to, well, to his miser went, the levy took miser before the coin took his truma and what, and at that point it was already in a pile. So therefore it's, this time it's ma'akiv. It makes it, it's, um, it's a big deal. And So I may have thought to say, like where Papa wanted to argue, well, we have that Pasuk that says, Maiser mina Maiser, not Truma Gedola, and Maiser mina Maiser. So the Gemara answers, so that, what we're teaching is that the answer is like a by answer to a Papa, which is, yeah, but we have another Pasuk which says, Mikom Maiser Sechem Tarimu, and that's talking about after it's been made into a pile, and therefore, since it was already made into a pile, this, um, Levi must separate Truma Gedola, and if he doesn't, you cannot use that as an Arab. You cannot use Meiser Shani and Hektesh that were not transferred onto money. Pshita, obviously not. They're Meiser Shani and Hektesh. It's talking about where he kind of transferred them to money, but not properly. What this looks like when it comes to Meiser Shani is that he transferred the money onto some coin that doesn't have a shape, doesn't have some kind of thing like printed into it. Rahmana Amr, the Pasuk says, the, the Torah says, Vitsarta Akesef, Kesef Sheshal of Tsura. It says, Vitsarta Akesef, meaning that when you transfer the Maestro Sheni onto money, it has to be money that has like a, a form on it and not just like a blank coin. Hektish Shechililo Agav Karka, the Rahmana Amr, Venasata Akesef, Vukamlo. And what he did with, um, uh, the Hektish was that he transferred the Hektish onto land, onto property. Now, Hektish, if you want to be poor, that you have to be, it says, Venasata Akesef, Vukamlo, that you'll give money. So not, so don't transfer it onto land. So therefore, that is what it means that if you have Meister Shani and Hektish Shalonifto, you can't use them. It means that you, you thought that you, uh, um, were poted, but you didn't, you weren't poted properly. And therefore, you cannot use those for your Eruv. Okay, doki, new Mishnah. Sholech Eruvo, Biarcher Shotevikotin. Somebody who sends his Eruv with a, uh, deaf person, a, uh, foolish person, or a, um, minor. Or someone who doesn't believe in Eruvs. And the Gemara is going to explain what that means. Well, it doesn't work. Okay. But if you instructed to your friend that, hey, I'm going to send this Eruv with this person who I know I'm not allowed to send it with, but I want you to hang out over there by the location. You're going to take it from this fellow, put it down, so you're really going to be the one who puts down the Eruv, then, 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 then it's acceptable. Says the Gemara, cut and low. The Gemara says, one second, a katan is not, you're not allowed to send a katan to put down your Erev. But Rav Huna said that a katan is allowed to collect the Erev. What does that mean? So, it depends if it's Erev or Erev Chatseros. Our mission is talking about Erev Tchumen. Okay? Our mission is talking about Erev Tchumen. Sending out a, 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 a katan to go and put down your Erev for you. And the difference is that you're actually being konesh visa. You're actually making some kind of a kinyan on this place that this is where you're going to be for Shabbos. And a katan doesn't have the koach, doesn't have the ability to be able to make that kinyan. However, when it comes to Eruvei Chatseros, um, that isn't actually a kinyan or anything. It's, it's really just joining everybody together. There's no like legal, um, you know, I don't know, avenue or something like that. The, you know, the katan literally is just knocking on everybody's door and saying, hey, by the way, we're collecting stuff for the Arabs. You know, do you want to throw something in? 
and then he collects from everybody. But he's not actually doing anything that requires, you know, any legal relevance. So therefore, so when Rufuna says that a katan is allowed to collect the Eruv, it means Eruv Echatzeros. When, when our mission is saying that katan, you're not allowed to send a katan to, to do your Eruv for you, it means Eruv Echumen, where he's actually being Kona, the um, place of the Eruv. Or you can't send it with somebody who doesn't hold of Eruvs. Like Eruvs aren't his thing. He doesn't believe in them. So man, who is this? That's a reference to the Kutim, right? Those, those fellows who, um, what was it? Sancherev, somebody like kind of swapped out different populations. So he sent these, uh, these, uh, Kutim people to Israel and they kept on getting eaten up by like little lions. So then, um, Sancher or whoever it was, the king of Ashur or something, sent like some Kohanim to Israel to like teach them about some mitzvahs. And they were kind of like, we don't trust them too much. Now, if you instructed, however, to somebody like, hey, I want you to meet this person who I know I'm not allowed to send it with, but I want you to meet it, meet this person at the location and take it from him and put it down. And, you know, you'll be the one really making the Kenyan over there. So then the mission says that, that would be acceptable. And it's talking about where his friend is like, yeah, I'll totally do that. So now, but let one second, if you send, let's say, a katan to go and, um, you know, bring your Eruv to that place, and then your friend's going to put it down. Maybe your maybe this katan won't end up getting there. So it's talking about where the sender is able to see uh, this katan the entire time. So he could actually see that he got there. So here also it's talking about where the sender can see the cotton. But then we have to be concerned that maybe uh, the friend will kind of renege on, on or just not deliver on what he promised to deliver, i.e. he's not going to actually take it from the cotton and put it down. So, so it's like Rav Yichil said that we, have an, we can assume that a shaliach is going to do what he, what he said he was going to do. You know, if this friend said, look, I got this, I'll take it from this little guy and I'll put it down, so then we can trust him that he's going to, um, you know, do what he said he's going to do. Where is this statement of, where are the statements of Rav Chizda and Rav Yichil, where Rav Chizda says that you, he sees the little guy the whole time and Rav Yichil says that we can trust that a shaliach is going to do what he says he's going to do. Aha itmar, it's on the following. Desanya, as we learn in Abraisa, If you give your Erev and say, hey elephant, I'm going to give you this Erev, just bring it over there, okay? Good, thanks so much. I'm going to go back to doing my important things. Or maybe it wasn't a, a, an elephant. Maybe it was like a monkey. And you're like, hey, monkey guy, come here. Can you just take this and like bring it over there to make my Eruv for me? So, so that doesn't work. Um, now, if he said to somebody else, like, hey, I'm going to send my monkey. Can you just take it from my monkey and, and put it down? So then that would be fine. But maybe the monkey or the elephant isn't going to arrive at the location. So if Chizda says, it's talking about where you could see the, the monkey or the elephant the whole time. Yeah, but what if his friend maybe isn't going to do what he said he's going to do? Maybe he's not going to accept it from the monkey or the elephant. says, no, we don't have to worry about that because we can assume that an, um, a messenger, a shaliach, is uh, going to do what he says he's going to do. Chevra, that was that of Lamed Aleph of Masechta Erevin. So at the beginning we talked about movable ohels. So Rebbe says it doesn't work, um, whereas Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Yosi Rabbi Yehuda say that it does work. Then we talked about um, putting your Erev on a grave. That was an interesting discussion. So Rabbi Yehuda says uh, that's fine, it works, and the Chacham say it doesn't work. And the question is why? 
So we ultimately, we had, we had Rava talking about mitzvah slav lehanus ninu. We had Rav Yosef talking about if you can only make an Arab for uh, a mitzvah. So we said, look, everyone agrees two things. That mitzvah slav lehanus ninu. Uh, and also that, um, that the only reason why you can uh, make an Arab tumen would be for, uh, in the context of a mitzvah. Now the question is, this kever, this grave, you're not allowed to get hanah from. It's asr ba'anah. So the question is, are we concerned that you can get hanah? According to Rav Yudah, he says, look, you're not, according to Rav Yudah, he says, look, you're not going to get hanah from it because once you make, once Shabbos comes and your Erev is there in place, you forget about it. You don't really care. If, if, you know, if, if it gets eaten or whatever, like it really makes no difference. And therefore, this kever, this grave is not really playing a uh, significant role in the big picture. You're just really just taking food and putting it down on the grave. Uh, whereas according to the Chachamim, uh, you do care that this food should be there tomorrow when you get there, and therefore the grave actually is serving a, a role in that it is protecting your food for you, in which case you're getting hana from a grave, therefore it's a problem and they say you can't do it. Okay, fine. Then we talked about all these different kinds of like things that you can and can't use for your Erev, like we've also seen in terms of things that you can and can't bench on. I don't remember where what, what was the context in which it came up in Masech um, Shabbos, but... Um, Zeo, it's like the, the familiar things, Demai, Maestro Shani, things like that. And then we talked about making a Shaliach for your Erev, and we said that it kind of, so there are certain people that you cannot trust to make your Erev for you. Um, things like, uh, people like Shkhere, Shote, Katan. Um, now, um, we said, however, if you, you can send it if you could see him the whole time, so you know that you, that the person got there, and also if you have a friend there waiting for him, um, to kind of be the one to actually make the Erev. So in those cases, it would be, those cases, it would be okay. Thanks for learning with me. Have a great day. Peace out. Bye.